We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more podcasts. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? All right, all right, welcome back to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm a writer at Rams Wire. Joining me is Rams Talk Managing Editor Johnny Gomez. Johnny, good day in L.A. The Rams are back from a bye week. The Chargers are apparently not moving to London, and the Lakers are about to pick up a big victory, comeback win over the Bulls here. How are you feeling? It's a, it's a good time to be an L.A. fan. What could I say, Steve? Absolutely. I shut this Laker game off. Johnny tells me they're winning. They're down like 20 when I shut it off. Here we are. Uh, Best team in the West, apparently. Uh, But this is not a Lakers podcast. It's a Rams podcast. We are going to talk about our beloved Rams who are back from the bye week, traveling to Pittsburgh this week. But before we do, guys, 
don't forget, check out our other shows on the network, Rams Talk Radio, Rams Uncensored, Rampage Radio, and subscribe. Give us a five-star review wherever you listen to our podcast. If it's Apple Podcasts, five-star review there. Take a screenshot, send it to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com with your name, and we will give you, or you will be entered to win a $75 gift card to nflshop.com. Why wouldn't you enter that? If you already gave the review, just send it in anyways. All right, so... Usually we recap a game here. We didn't play this week, uh, so we're not going to recap nothing. Let's let's get into the week ahead, and we'll start with the with no official injury report. It's Tuesday, not out yet, but uh, Clay Matthews is expected to be back uh, this week. Brandon Cooks is day to day, which is pretty surprising, honestly. Uh, and then uh, I'm not sure what the status of Malcolm Brown is, but I don't even know if it really matters. Uh, let's start with Clay, man. You excited to get him back? Absolutely. I mean, this was a guy that was, I I think at one point leading, uh, Dante Fowler early this season and sacks, you know, just the, just the penetration that we were getting up front and, you know, was really helping this linebacking core. So to get him next to, uh, Dante Fowler again will be significant, and, you know, obviously, since Clay Matthews is up there, he, he doesn't have to be out there every down, which he can do his thing. That's basically what we wanted him for. And and uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting him back to, you know, just put a lot of pressure. And, and I think once we have him back against these tougher teams, they're, they're going to feel the impact, especially teams like the 49ers who, uh, you know, didn't really get a chance to see him. So... I'm looking forward to that. And that'll be great. And, I mean, without him against San Fran, looked pretty good defensively. So it's going to be great getting him back. Uh, he's he's still pretty high on the team in, in the sack leads, I'm pretty sure. I'm about to pull this up. Dante Fowler leading the team with six and a half in eight games. Clay second with six in just five games. Uh, we, we did all right without him. Uh, two and one, obviously, that. <laughs> that 49ers game was less than ideal, uh, but defensively we did fine. So I think we're okay without him. We're going to be a little better with him. Uh, like you said, he doesn't have to play every down. He's not really relied upon for that much at this stage in his career, but certainly going to be good to have this guy back in the lineup. Just another pass rusher, another threat next to Aaron Donald, and hopefully that'll open some more things up for a boy there. Uh, let's, let's move on to Brandon Cook. So, uh, Johnny, I'm looking at some of the quotes from Sean McVay here talking about Cooks. Basically, it's gone as well as it could. Uh, the Cook about him visiting with a specialist and if there's anything going on there, McVay said it was good. I think more than anything, just getting some clarity on what's been the reason that maybe these things have occurred, how he's feeling. I think anytime you can get some more information with something like this is very helpful. Uh, he said he's day-to-day. Uh, he's asymptomatic, which is always a positive thing. Uh, and apparently, it just fe- seems like they're really just trying to learn more about why he's continuing to get concussions, uh, what the risks are, you know, the whole nine yards. But it seems like everything is going well. When he, they was asked if we could play this Sunday, McVay said it's possible. Uh, they're just taking it one day at a time. So, like, it's concussions are such a, a tough thing to deal with. Um, I mean, I I don't expect to see him playing on Sunday do you 
No, I, I mean, I, I, I guess that it's a possibility for sure. And I think it's if for in order for him to play, I'd imagine that the specialist that he sees has to say, you know what, um, as far as your recovery progress is concerned, you you should be golden, man. Uh, obviously, try and be careful, but you should be good to go. And if that's the case, then yeah, he plays. But um, I think also the the thought process here is don't kind of rush this recovery because this isn't like a typical injury. This isn't like recovering from like a sprained ankle or something. While that could be serious too in its way, um, it's not. It doesn't have like life altering, you know, situations like with the with the concussion protocol, you know, this is something that you, you can't take lightly. And in a way, I think this is a good thing to take these necessary precautions, not only really for uh, Brandon cook's career, but for future players as well, because if we understand more about how these concussions happen and why they happen so frequently with each individual players, maybe it could be a step forward to, making uh concussion safety a little bit better so little things like that i think you know the players uh around the league will appreciate and i i think for the players that are currently suffering from multiple concussions would definitely uh like to look into this matter as well so kudos to to brandon cooks and hopefully uh he's off to a speedy recovery like i think he is yeah and there's like you said this there's no reason to rush back into something like this at all. Uh, it, it would be crazy if he if he doesn't feel 100% good to go to jump out there. And I think uh, by by all accounts, it seems like he's on normal track here. I think they're just they're just taking it extra cautious because the second concussion in a month, and it's a player that's had concussions in the past. So obviously, the higher that number goes up, the more careful you have to be about it. Uh, and it seems like everyone's being smart, smart about the whole situation. Uh, lastly, Malcolm Brown did not play last week. We saw a little extra dose of Daryl Henderson. Looked good, uh, but by all accounts, or by all accounts, by the account of head coach Sean McVay uh, in his press release today or his press conference today, seems like everything's on track for him to be playing this week. And whether the plan has changed, you know. The, his first response was, I, I'm going to read his quote directly. It's something that, number one, you say, okay, is Malcolm part of the equation? That's Then what does our game plan look look like specific to how we want to try and run the football or use our backs against Pittsburgh this week? This is really one of the first times you say, okay, all three are up because now Daryl's gotten himself enough experience that you, have, you do have a confidence in finding a role and wanting to get him into a rhythm. Earlier on, it was kind of just really a good spell between Todd and Malcolm. Then with both of these guys having missed games, that was what opened up the doors for Daryl to be able to step in and step in for us and to continue to gain some confidence in his ability to play and do some things. It's a positive problem, but I think that would be something that I could probably be better equipped to answer after the game when you see what our game plan is. So McVeigh clearly playing the cards close to his vest here, but he's not committed to saying like, yeah, Malcolm's going to be a part of the game plan, which is a bit open eye-opening there. That maybe Daryl Henderson has kind of taken the the lead, 
the the second fiddle role here, the lead in the secondary role. And I I think coming out of the bye, first and foremost, they're going to want to get Todd going after a really slow all things considered, it's a slow start for Todd Gurley uh, coming out of what we've seen so far. And I I don't think they, they're going to bump Henderson snaps down because they want to get Malcolm Brown in the mix. So I I think he might end up just being the odd man out this week. I, I'm sure we'll see him a little bit, but I think we get a heavy dose of Gurley and a light dose of Henderson and a sprinkle of Malcolm Brown. I think that's a fair assessment for sure. You, you know, if Malcolm Brown isn't like a hundred percent, it wouldn't surprise me at all that the Rams don't really use him at all this week. It, it, it's really not necessary, especially if uh, if you know he's still recovering, he's not a hundred percent. That's that's something you really just you know if you need him, he's out there, he can suit up. You know, if an injury occurs or if, you know, something isn't working, you can throw him out there to see if he can change up anything. And I, I think that's exactly what the uh, the type of quote-unquote problem the Rams are hoping for anyway. Seeing Todd Gurley being still the lead back here, um, but trying to work in a sort of balance between Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. And I... I, I think that's more or less what to expect from now on. You know, if both guys or all three guys are, are healthy enough, then there's no need to um, really try and find like that lead guy behind Todd Gurley just to see which one works in, uh, you know, whenever Gurley needs a break or, or, you know, if they don't even really need him for the rest of the game. So, it wouldn't surprise me entirely if Brown doesn't play at all, if um, if he's not 100%, or if just Henderson is doing a good enough job behind him. At that point, Brown is kind of expendable, honestly. Yeah, uh, and look, that's a guy you want to keep around because you know he could get the job done. But uh, Brown, he's just he's good, but he you kind of know what you're going to get there. Uh, he's not going to light the world on fire. Henderson occasionally might. And I think when, when you're spelling out girly, that's kind of the guy you want to be in there. And they let him, they let him play in some pass protection, uh, last week. So against Cincinnati. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that they wouldn't have him in on passing downs to block, uh, in addition to pass catching and running, obviously. So, I, I don't expect to see much Brown, even if he's active this week. I think it's going to be a lot of Todd and a little Daryl. Uh, but anyways, let's move on to this week. Before we do, uh, let's take a quick break. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. All right, we ha- we are heading to Pittsburgh this week to take on the Steelers. 
the Steelers have had a very weird season, uh, to say the least. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger's out. Mason Rudolph is playing. But even you just look at their schedule, they got blown out in week one by New England. Absolute shellacking. And I think everybody pretty much wrote them off after that game. They started 0-3, but they the next two games after New England, they lost by a combined six points to Seattle and San Francisco. So those losses have aged well. Since that game, they're 4-1. Their only losses to, is was in overtime to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they won a game with Delvin Hodges playing quarterback against uh, the Chargers, which in hindsight might not be that bad. They almost won against the Ravens where they lost in overtime with Delvin Hodges playing a quarterback. Uh, they beat Indianapolis last week. I know it was Brian Hoyer, but that's still a quality win for them. This is a team... That is, like, statistically, their offense is still bad. Uh, their defense has been good. They, they've, had, they've had a very good defense this year. Um, middle tier against the run, top 10 against the pass. Pretty sure they're about 11th overall against just total yards on defense. Uh, offensively, they're bottom 10 pretty much across the board. Ah, this game, this game scares me, man. This I think we are going to be prepared for this game because of the bye week, but uh, on a road, hostile environment against a, a team that I, I I would go on a limb here and say is underrated. Uh, what do you what do you think about Pittsburgh, man? Yeah, they um, they're definitely I would say a little on the underrated side, just because I mean when you really look at the quarterback. It's not Big Ben. So people automatically assume this is going to be an easy victory. And, you know, the record doesn't exactly speak for the type of team they are. This is not a team to overlook. That being said, this is still a very winnable team. Uh, It's kind of a nice test for the Rams just because going into uh, just coming out of the, the bye week, the previous opponents the Rams had, you know, they may be on a two-game winning streak, but they were, well, they were both very terrible teams. So this That's is kind a, of a night. Very, very terrible might be an understatement when it comes to Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, let's, there you go. Let's put it that way. And actually, they might very well be, considering they are the only winless team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jets might be last in the power rankings now, but I think since he's probably the worst team in the league. Well, like I said, the only winless team. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, all, all that being said, this is a nice kind of, um, uh, for lack of a better word, a nice warm up game. When because after this game, that's when it really starts to heat up because the Rams they don't have an easy schedule for the rest of the season. Uh, Each game is going to be really tough. And if they can manage to make this a kind of, I don't expect a blow up by any means, but if they can make this like a game where they feel like they're in control throughout the entire game, the Rams might be in good shape heading into some of these tougher games. 
Um, and and I think they can do that, especially especially you know with some key guys coming back like Clay Matthews. That that'll be really great. Uh, I'd feel a little more comfortable if Brandon Cooks was there, but we're I, I'm kind of going with the expectation that he won't be there. So uh, either way, I I still expect you know guys like Josh Reynolds to step up, and um, hopefully this will be a, a very controllable game. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can really see a blowout just because that Pittsburgh defense has been playing well. Uh, and I just – our offense – look, if we blow them out, it would probably be as a result of our offense having a hell of a game. That would feel like a statement victory to me if they blew Pittsburgh out of the water. And I, it's weird because Pittsburgh, like, they're not that great. They got four wins. Two of them are against teams with a combined one win. But – they, I, I just feel like they're pretty good, and, and that defense is legitimately good. Um, they, they've been playing their asses off as of late. I, I would love, would love, would love to see a dominating performance by the Rams on the ground in this game. Uh, Todd Gurley, he hasn't run for over 100 yards this year. Let's, let's see it this week. That would be incredible. But obviously, uh, easier said than done. And I... I would love, I would love to see the Rams' offense light the Stevens on fire, but it's it's tough to say. The good news is their offense doesn't scare me at all, and I think ultimately they're not going to be able to score enough points to win this game. If Mason Rudolph can light up the Rams' defense, especially with getting Clay Matthews back, um, that would not bode well for the rest of the schedule down the way. Uh, because, you know, we got Chase Daniels the week, or <laughs> we might have Chase Daniels, but right now we got Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky coming up on the schedule. But then after that, we, we play some pretty damn good quarterbacks down the stretch. And in doing bad against Mason Rudolph wouldn't be a great look. Would it be worse than looking bad against Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, no. No, it absolutely wouldn't be. <laughs> but it would be worse than looking bad against Jameis Winston, and that was already a pretty bad look. Uh, I mean, we didn't just look bad against Jameis Winston; uh, we looked we looked horrible. But oh I, man, brought that up. <laughs> Tampa Bay couldn't even beat the Saints this week for us. But uh, I mean, I I think the running game is what I I really hope we get to see out of this game. Is there anything you're looking for in particular from the Rams in this matchup? Uh, no, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I mean, we need to get the ground game established. And part of that is also coaching. While I, I know that they are trying to conserve Todd Gurley, and that's great, but you got to get him in a rhythm too. That's something that a lot of people forget is that Todd Gurley was kind of a rhythm player. If you kind of break him in that rhythm, he he is basically average. So I'm kind of hoping that, that um, we, we look more towards like a power running game for that matchup. Hopefully that you don't take too many risks, especially downfield. When you got a guy like um, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's been dominating the past couple of weeks um, as a threat, you, you don't necessarily want to take any unnecessary risks. So I'd like to see not only just uh, the ground game, but 
also maybe some some nice like little uh, shovel passes over to to Gurley. Get him more involved in the passing game because you know that's kind of another element that we haven't seen is you know seeing him more involved in the backfield as a receiver uh, rather than just a running back. He's just it almost seems like he goes through the motions of the game. And uh, that's been more or less my biggest issue with uh, Todd Gurley because this isn't really Todd Gurley. And I know it's a limited Gurley, but you should still use him to the best of his ability, and it's just not being there. So this is the latter half of the season, so that's one thing I definitely want to see from the offense is I want to see more Gurley action. Um, And if not Gurley, then – you got you got Daryl Henderson. Use him. Maybe maybe get him involved in the passing game. I don't know. Get get a little creative. Malcolm Brown, if you need to. Outside of week week uh, four against Sam Bay, when Gurley was targeted eleven times, had seven catches for fifty four yards. He has a total of twenty seven receiving yards on the year. Uh, on a total of eight receptions, eight receptions for 27 yards outside of that big game in Tampa Bay. So I agree. It's, it is crazy how little he's being used in the passing game this year. And he's out there. He's out there on a lot of passing downs. But I think the problem is the line has been so unreliable that a lot of the time they've just needed him as a six offensive lineman. And he's been, he's been doing a lot of pass blocking this year. Uh, I mean, Last year, he didn't have a single game with one or less reception. This year, he has four such games. So it, it's pretty alarming how little they've been using in the past game, especially from us fellow curly fantasy owners. It's very alarming in that regard. So yeah, I, I would love to see him have a big game here. My prediction, I'm going to go 23-17. to 17. Uh, Ultimately, I do not think this game is going to be an offensive shootout. Then be more of a conservative defensive effort. What do you got? Yeah, I basically have the same thing there. I'm going to go a little more confident just because I feel like the Rams have a nice, you know, rested week and, you know, they're, they're going to have, uh, they're, they're going to come back a little bit stronger. Hopefully we have Brandon Cooks out there as well. Um, so I'm going to say a solid 27 17 victory. Eh, only four more points than me. Uh, yeah, could see it happening. Mason Rudolph's not great. Um, let's hope it happens. Uh, we're going to move on, kind of go around the league here, look at the big picture for the Rams. But before we do, guys, uh, we got to give a shout-out to our sponsor here. We're halfway through the NFL season. If you wanted to bet, if you want to get in the action, now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season on football, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Best part about MyBookie is if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right, double it up to $1,000, meaning if you put $1,000 into MyBookie, they will give you an additional $1,000. So you're starting with $2,000 to play for the price of one. 
if you want to, if you you don't want to go for a thousand dollars, you put in a hundred bucks. They're going to give you a hundred bucks too. You put in ten bucks, you're getting twenty. So double your initial deposits. You can use it on all your favorite picks. Use our promo code Massive Late Fee to activate this offer. That's promo code Massive Late Fee, and you're going to double your cash when you join in my bookie. Uh, visit mybookie.ag today to get started. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So, looking at the playoff race, the Rams are in seventh right now. Uh, would be fifth if they beat the Seahawks, but that didn't happen. That's going to put us in a bit of a hole. But luckily this week, San Francisco, Seattle going head-to-head. San Francisco 8-0, and Seattle 7-2. and First good Monday Night Football game in what feels like a lifetime, Johnny. Finally, uh, football <clears throat> has come back to Monday Night Football. Looking at this game, I mean, the Seahawks would be a more beneficial victory for the Rams, but... I don't even know. I don't even know, like what what I want to make of this game, man. What you, what are your thoughts going into this game? You know, the funny thing is, I was debating about this with the with my coworker earlier today. I don't know what I really want either, because on one hand, it would be nice to see the Forty ers dethroned for the best team in the league. That would be amazing, actually. And I can have all my 49er buddies shut up. Um, On the other hand, it would benefit technically more if the Seahawks, you know, lost a game. So I guess I would be pulling more for San Francisco. But I'm going to go with this either way. It's a win for us, technically. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, I because you know we're it's weird because we're not out of of the NFC race. You know, I mean the NFC West race. If we went out, San Francisco finishes five and three, uh, four and four. You now we could still win the division, but it seems likely that our course to the playoffs at this point is going to be the wild card. Uh, I, I mean, do you think, like, do you think there's a, there's a legitimate shot that we can win the division this year? I, I know it's a shot, but I, I think, I just, I don't really see it happening. It would have to be, like, the greatest fall of the 49ers, which I guess anything's possible, because, again, while the Rams do have a very tough schedule, the 49ers have a pretty tough schedule, too. And that's something to keep in mind as well. You know, injuries are a part of the game. The 49ers lost a key member on defense in Quan Alexander for the year. So is it possible? Sure. Is it probable? Probably not. Yeah, it, it it definitely feels unlikely that they that they would they would not or they would not win win the division. Um, but but then again, like I I, I still and I said it last week, I don't think their offense is that good. Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to mess with the tiebreakers if the Rams were to win out 
and uh, finish with the same record as San Francisco. And I'm not really... I'm not. I'm not really finding a path to the Rams winning the division here, uh, if they finish with the same record. And I think it, it would, like you said, it would take a pretty big collapse for um, the 49ers to finish. Like I, I think thirteen and three feels pretty solid for how they're going to finish. And all right, like. You think we would win out realistically? Like I, I don't really see that happening. Um, even though, even though I like our odds, our odds moving forward. I would love to say yes that the Rams would win the rest of their games, but just seeing the schedule and the schedule is brutal. You know, it's not. You know, there really isn't a single game that the Rams have left that. You know, there isn't a possibility that the Rams could lose, you know. It, it's not like they're playing any team like the Bengals or the uh, or the Falcons, you know. There isn't a team there like, oh, yeah, the Rams got this, you know, 100%. Even when you look at the Cardinals, who damn near beat the San Francisco 49ers last week, you know, that's that's impressive. I mean, they still lost, but considering that they nearly beat an undefeated team, that's pretty impressive. And the Rams have to play them twice still. That's a scary thought. Yeah, and this is this is supposed to be the worst team in our division. <laughs> Those teams are not going to be cakewalks, man. And I mean, like. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough race, and even even for the wild card. And I know we touched on it last week. Um, Minnesota six and three right now. They lost last week. That was huge for us. Carolina is still five and three. The Eagles are five and four. You know these teams are not out yet. Um, I do. I would be shocked if two NFC East teams made the playoffs. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if the Panthers made the playoffs too. But look, these teams are still there, and crazy enough, that win against the Panthers is is turning out to be a pretty important victory uh, for the Rams this year because that is what's keeping us ahead of them in the wild card right now. Is uh, that tiebreaker head to head? It's pretty crazy. I I would not have expected that, especially when I found out that Cam Newton is not going to play. And that's that's the funny thing too is uh, Cam Newtonless Panthers team is actually might be performing better than with him. Yeah. That's interesting. It is, it is bizarre, man. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. And looking at this is a big week for the playoffs. Uh, things are going to shake out pretty interestingly for us after this week. The Panthers play the Packers. Vikings play the Cowboys. Those are two. Pretty crucial games for this playoff race. Uh, the Cowboys, if if they fall back, one of them between the Cowboys and the Eagles will be in contention for this wild card spot. Um, Packers are winning their division. It seems likely that they will walk away with the division, but nothing's obviously nothing's set in stone yet. And uh, they're only a game ahead of the Vikings. So if they were to drop that game and the Vikings were going to win. They're right there. So they are going to be in the contention for the wild card with us too. And obviously the Panthers, uh, as we just talked about. 
there's a lot there's a lot to watch this week man this this race is going to heat up in a in a pretty big way down this stretch and a good team is going to miss the playoffs you know you know who we're not talking about who are we not talking about the afc <laughs> snooze fest <laughs> of a playoff race it it really is uh, it's Pittsburgh's just a game not- out Four and four. Man, that's that's insane. We're sitting here talking about teams that may very well finish with uh, above, you know, 11 wins, not making it to the playoffs. That's insane. Yeah. You know, that <laughs> and keep in mind that these guys that are these teams that finish 11 with 11 wins and don't make the playoffs. That means that their division has a team that has more wins than that. Mm-hmm. That's we might wow. have two. Hell, we could have three teams. Uh, I don't know if that would actually work out because we all play each other. But there's a chance there's three teams in the NFC West uh, with with over 12 wins, uh, which is which is wild. And the good news for us is, look, we play Seattle again. We play San Francisco again. We play Dallas all in a row. Those are three games all happen in a row. Um, and those those will be important games, weeks 14, 15, and 16. Uh, that Significant games in this playoff race. And, man, it, it is a tough these are going to be some tough outs for us. Pittsburgh, Chicago, Baltimore, Arizona, Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco, Arizona. I mean, we really cannot afford to lose to Pittsburgh or Chicago or Arizona. Um, because that Baltimore game, it's certainly winnable. But that's this is going to be a tough game, man. And luckily for us, you know, if you want to lose, if you're going to look at the Rams schedule for the rest of the way and say, what game do we want to lose? Uh, it's either Pittsburgh or Baltimore because those won't affect the conference record, which will come into play uh, when we're fighting for wild cards or for uh, playoff spots in general. Uh, if we were to drop a game, we want it to be one of those two, but let's let's not drop this week. Let's get a win. We'll worry about the Ravens when we get to it, and obviously those games down the stretch. But every all these teams are going to play each other, and you know, we'll, we don't really have a clear look at at this race right now it's it's too early to tell but this is going to be tight that was a trick question steve and you failed at your own question (laughs) what was even my question i feel like i'm saying so many things the the trick question was which team do uh which team do we want to lose to and the answer is none none of them of course (laughs) of course i know everyone wants to run the table it would be incredible but after eight games of watching this team, I would be floored if they ran the table. It's not impossible. It's just you're gonna tell me that they be they come away with wins against Baltimore, Seattle, and San Francisco, and Dallas, and Pittsburgh, and Arizona twice, and Chicago, who we've struggled with against in the past. Uh, it's possible. Would love for it to happen. I do not think it's going to happen. I I could see twelve and four, uh, ten and six or eleven to five feels about right to me. Uh, but it's all out there. I mean, shit, dude. 
five and 11 feels possible to me. I, I very unlikely, but I'm not going to completely rule it out. Steve, if we end up five and 11, I'll never forgive you. Knock on wood. I, I mean, I would be floored if that happened, but uh, it's been a weird season. All right. We're going to move on, talk about some other stuff, but before we do, let's give a shout out to our friends at the Big Cats Media Password, or what the hell, Big Cats Media Podcast Network. Johnny, this one's for you, the UCLA B team. That's, yep, that's, uh, that's my team, all right. Um, <laughs> but on the, on the bright side, they're bouncing back, man. Keep an eye on them Bruins. The U- the UCLA B team is the name of the podcast that we're shouting out. Really? Interesting. <laughs> I, have to, I have to listen. You do, and you guys do too. Well, let's take a listen. Hello out there to be man, woman, and child. This is the B team. I'm Nathan Eberhardt. And I'm Michael Hanna. And together we host the UCLA B team podcast, your go-to audio source online for news, analysis, opinion, and sometimes even jokes about UCLA Bruins sports. We're proud to be members of the Big Heads Media Network, and you can find our newest episodes every week at bigheadsmedia.com, or you can subscribe via iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at UCLA B team and hit us up with questions or comments. We love to interact with our listeners. So for a smart, level-headed, if sometimes it unofficial we cannot stress this enough unofficial take on the ucla bruins come join the b team that's ucla b team if you want to check them out wherever you're getting your podcasts or you could find them at bigheadsmedia.com all right johnny around the league some more give me your mvp pick so far for the entire league or for the rams what are you thinking we could do either well, well if talking- I, I mean, for the Ra- for the Rams, it's it's Cooper Cup. I mean, right? A- Aaron Donald, I guess, too. But there's not really anyone else in the conversation. I mean, you can make an argument for Dante Fowler. Eh, can you though? I mean, would I pick him over Cooper Cup? No. no. It, that would be silly, honestly. He is balling, but- though, man. He is fucking balling. Absolutely. Yeah. For So, you're right. It is a no-brainer for the Rams. It's Cooper Cup. In terms of the league? Whew. That's, that's a tougher question to answer. I, uh, I actually don't think it's that tough, man. All right. So, who are you thinking, man? I think it's uh, right today. I think it's pretty easily Russell Wilson. Uh, he's a guy who has gone to me underappreciated for a long time and he is not I wouldn't say putting that team on as, as on his back as much as he is in the past but he's taken that because the team's actually good he could do the things that he's done in the past and now it's elevating the team to another level he's been uh, phenomenal so far in the early goings of the season I, I've been super impressed with what I what I've seen from him and damn and I just think yeah, he's third in passing yards right now. Uh, I'm going to pull up the full numbers here. Uh, third in passing yards, first in touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I can't even sort it by QB rating on NFL.com because the guys that come up are so ridiculous. He's first in QB rating among quarterbacks that uh, I can have thrown the ball over 21 times. 
uh, I will. You will be happy to know, Johnny, that if we trim that number to 19 attempts, Brandon Allen has the best QB rating in the NFL right now. <laughs> Your boy. I, I'm soaring through this website, and I click on rating, like Russell Wilson, first in touchdowns. He's uh, 11th in passing yards a game, completion percentage. He another one that you can't really even sort, but. But he's 68% of his passes. You sorted by rating. The guys that come up are Mike Lennon, RG3, Nick Foles, and Brandon Allen, who have all barely played. Uh, my, Mike Lennon. That's the best QB right now. Uh, but, yeah, man, I don't know. I just I think that it, feel, it feels like it's time to get his due. And this is usually a award won by a quarterback. I don't think any other offensive skill players have really established themselves. In, I mean – you can make a case for Christian McCaffrey if that team gets to the playoffs. Absolutely. But right now they're not in the playoffs. And you're looking at these quarterbacks around the league. The case for Lamar Jackson, the case for Deshaun Watson, but I think Wilson's case is far superior than them. There is not a case for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> well, you kind of uh, took the lens from my sale there, man. Uh, I... I was going to say uh, someone you already mentioned, but uh, before I get into that, I think we we have to shout out Uncle Rico. You know, Uncle Rico should definitely get a shout out for MVP. <laughs> the guy who just got benched for Rams legend Nick Foles? Yeah. <laughs> nah, uh, joking aside, um, actually my MVP candidate was Christian McCaffrey. I still, you know, even if they don't make the playoffs, which is a, uh, very good possibility. This guy, if there's any player in the league that's putting the team on their back, it's Christian McCaffrey. He's He really is. I mean, even if the Panthers get blown out like they did against the San Francisco 49ers, they, he still has an amazing game. Like, it, there's no doubt about it. He's by far the best running back in the league. You've got to admit that. Today, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, if considering if the season ended today, he is. So, in my opinion, he might be the number one guy you can, like I said, or like you said, you could uh, you could put Russell Wilson in the conversation, of course. Uh, shout out to Russell Wilson for being in my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> you could make a conversation <laughs> with Wilson, Deshaun Watson, for sure, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Maybe even A.A. Ron Rogers. But me, I would go with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he's... We'll see, man. If, if he keeps up these insane numbers, uh, he'll be in the mix. But it, who's the last running back to win? Who's the last non-quarterback to win MVP? I'm going to look it up. It's got to be AP, right? Yeah, I'm thinking so. Yeah, let's uh, let's pull this bad boy up real quick, but... This is almost always a quarter. Yeah, AP. He's the only non-quarterback to win it since 2007, which is insane. Before that, um, since 2001, there's been three non-quarterbacks to win it, and they're all running back. So uh, McCaffrey plays the same position, or or plays the right position. Uh, it's crazy, man. Should have been Aaron Donald this year. <laughs> I agree. There has been three. Non-quarterbacks to win MVP. 
or non-quarterbacks and running backs to win the award in NFL history. Lawrence Taylor, uh, Alan Page, and Mark Mosley, 1982 place kicker, won MVP uh, during That's a. Interesting. <laughs> it was a nine-game shortened season due to a strike. Don't know how he actually won MVP, but I, I want to read about I, it someday. I feel like it was trolling. I, I think it probably was a bit of trolling because of the strike, but he also, I think he did actually have an absurd year for a kicker, but he's still a fucking kicker. Um, <laughs> let, let's do more Rams awards, man. I don't want to say least valuable player. Let's say most disappointing Ram so far. Oh man, there's a couple I have in mind. Um, if I had to pick one right now, I would have to say Rob Havenstein or Havenstein. God damn it, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> hey, I'll double down with you and I'll say uh, Austin Blythe. Uh, both guys who kind of forgot how to play football this year, and both guys who I I hope remembered how to play football in the coming weeks. Yeah, I just – where Blythe, you can – I mean, obviously you were having higher expectations for Blythe because he had a solid season last year also. But for me, the disappointing aspect for Rob Havenstein is this is a guy that he just got a contract extension and it's not like he just slightly regressed or something. It's not like he's coming back from a major, major injury. The guy just sucked. I mean, he's gotten better recently. Of course, you're going against terrible teams, so it's hard to say how much better he's gotten. But it has been one of the biggest factors and why the Rams lost the uh, the three straight games. It, it's It's frustrating because... You know, he was supposed to be one of the secure guys on this team, along with Whitworth. And say what you will about with Whitworth, because, you know, he's got to fall at some point. The dude has been in the league for so long. So, I mean, that's almost to be expected. What is Havenstein's excuse here? And uh, he doesn't have one. He just flat out sucked. Mm-hmm. So, for me, he's the most frustrating and certainly the most disappointing of the year by far. Blythe, you're right, he's up there too, but I have to go with Havenstein there. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous how much like both guys have regressed. Uh, it, it's pretty wild to me. Um, and hopefully they pick it back up. I. I guess this would be our last question. I could answer this one first. I want to hear your biggest, like, team around the league you've been the most impressed by, like, surprisingly impressed, and team you've been disappointed with and how they panned out. I think, and it's going to sound kind of ridiculous because they're not good, but my biggest surprise is the Arizona Cardinals because they're not terrible. They're three, five, and one. Uh, yeah, they beat bad teams, but they beat bad teams. You know, a lot of bad teams don't beat other bad teams. They hung in there against the 49ers last week. 
They hung in there against the Ravens a couple weeks ago. They tied the Lions, who are a tough team. Uh, if you listen to us in the offseason, I did not think Cliff Kingsbury was a good hire. I'm still, I'm not ready to say it was a good hire, but he has impressed me. Uh, I will give him credit where credit is due. I could see this team finishing with six wins, and that feels like a lot for me going into the season. Uh, biggest disappointment has got to be Cleveland. They're two and six. Uh, granted, they played a, a fairly tough schedule, but they lost to Brandon Allen last week. Uh, this and they haven't looked very good in these games. I don't know how they beat Baltimore, but I think Freddie Kitchens was is a trash head coach, uh, and probably will never get another head coaching job after this. And for the amount of talent on that roster, it's insane how how bad they've looked at times. You know, if you were to ask me this earlier this season, I might have said the Buffalo Bills for the most um, underrated or the most surprising, I should say. And, uh, yeah, I can't really say that after they got blown out by the Eagles. So <laughs> they're fake good. They're uh, they're a fake good football team. Um, Basically. They're 6-2, and two and their point differential is 27 which to put it in perspective the Ravens are 6 and 2 their point differential is 75 uh the Vikings are 6 and 3 there's a 76 the Rams are 5 and 3 and ours is 40 it's higher than Buffalo uh they're they're a fake good team and they've lost to the only two competent teams they've played this year yeah exactly and it it's all a part of the AFC just being the AFC a terrible terrible conference but if I had to pick a surprise team, and I know this might not surprise many people, but it kind of surprises me, and that's the Green Bay Packers. No, and the fair. reason being, well, yeah, because last season they just looked very disappointing and very average. And they didn't, when you really think about the additions, they really didn't do much of anything during the offseason and what they did do didn't seem to really affect what they're doing now like uh for example Rashawn Gary I I'm still I still have no idea why they selected him he's not really doing a whole lot if I'm going to be 100% honest he's contributing a little bit I guess but again not not really something that was a huge impact for the Green Bay Packers. And well, Johnny, you're leaving out their biggest acquisition. A guy we both thought was a bad acquisition. Uh, I'm I'm stunned. Which one? Matt LaFleur. Oh God. Hey. Look, That's man, true. he's he's I, he I, was clearly a good hire. I even if it fizzles out, he's done enough to me that the Ali Crow on LaFleur. I'm not ready to eat claw on, King, on Kingsbury yet, but LaFleur, he's proven us wrong. You know, I, I actually completely forgot about Matt LaFleur. Yep. Oh, man. That, that is that is 100% true, and I will eat my fair share of crow on that. Uh, not on Cliff Kingsbury. I still think that's a bullshit hire. Um, <laughs> and so is Zach, Zach Taylor, for that matter. <laughs> but, um, Poor as Zach far Taylor. As, not poor huh? Zach Taylor, actually. He got a head coaching job. 
yeah, he rose much higher than he would have ever anywhere else. So kudos to Zach Taylor. <laughs> but um, as for the the Packers, though, it, it all also boils down to Aaron Rodgers and why I kind of meant threw his name out there for MVP candidate because I've never met. Uh, I mean, I I shouldn't say met. I never really seen a quarterback other than maybe Tom Brady that can make the make no name wide receivers into a household name. Like that's just incredible. Some of these guys you'll never hear from them again once they leave the 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 Packers. And it happens all the time. It's just a new just a new era of no name wide receivers that are just going to be relevant as long as Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. That's a talented quarterback. And for that reason, the Packers are as good as they are. So I have to give props to to the Green Bay Packers there. Uh, I've kind of spent a lot of time on that one, but um, I won't spend much time on the most disappointing because clearly it's the Cleveland Browns. It, 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 when you have a team that was projected by so many analysts and so many different uh, media groups as being the team to beat for the Super Bowl and seeing how low they've fallen it's like the Browns found a way to lose and it's still going they're still the Browns they are still still the Browns Browns are gonna Brown man (laughs) uh I mean, and they did have a big win against Baltimore somehow, but there are other wins against Jets, who just lost to Miami. And look, the Packers, yeah, I know, we know they lost last week to the Chargers, but I don't know if you can accurately grade a win or a loss against the Chargers, because they are, for maybe the last 20 years, have been the most wildly as consistent team in the NFL. There's some days where they look like the Patriots and other days where they look like the Jets. Uh, It really, really makes no sense with this team how just sporadic uh, they come and go as a good team and a bad team. Speaking of the Jets, how the hell did the Cowboys lose to the Jets? (laughs) That is another great question. I have no fucking idea. How they got blown, or I know the Cowboys came back, but they were getting blown out, man. To the Jets. Actually, another very important question: Why do the why did the Pittsburgh Steelers try to get back Le'Veon Bell? Why did oh they inquired about it? Yeah, I was like, did you really want to go through that again? Like, have you not learned the first time? Like, I don't know. This is so weird. And they, hey, are they going to go contact Antonio Brown? <laughs> Look, Le'Veon, Le'Veon just wanted a long-term deal. They wouldn't give it one. He sat out. And look, he just got injured. So maybe he did make the right decision after all. Um, but maybe now that he's got his deal, they take him back. You know, it. It what I I you compare we can compare him to Brown because they're on the same team, but I think the situations are so wildly different um, in basically every regard outside of the fact that 
they're both really fucking good football players that left the Steelers. Uh, Bell wanted a long-term contract. The Steelers didn't want to give him one. He held out to protect himself for a year to make sure he got that contract. Yeah, he might have... If he played last year and didn't get injured, yes, he lost money. But if he played last year and did get injured, then he would have uh, he would have lost even more money. So I don't blame him for what he did. Uh, Antonio Brown, if everything is true that's come out about him, which we don't know, that guy shouldn't play in the league again. And even if it's not, the fact that he's texting witnesses or whatever and intimidating them, and then just acting like he's the victim, like fuck off, dude. I mean, I I I kind of defended him in that Oakland fallout, but like, like Christ, dude. What what are you doing? Like, what is this guy doing? He's just Gordoning his career. Even worse, all Josh Gordon did was drugs. <laughs> Josh Gordon. I mean, he was never, by all accounts, uh. By all accounts, Josh Gordon is a good teammate, a good guy to have around, and a good player. I mean, by all accounts, Antonio Brown is none of those things. Oh, he's obviously a good player, but uh, I mean, Gordon Gordon only harmed himself. That's all I'm saying. I feel like Steve should be a lawyer and just you know defend any NFL player and go and go up to uh, the judge and say. Your Honor, all he did was drugs. Both of these guys were cut by the Patriots this year. One of them is still playing in the NFL. That's true. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, well, we can definitely wrap it up there. Uh, the Rams are playing in Pittsburgh this week. We both got them winning. And, hey, let's hope they win. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at C. Rivero. You can follow Johnny, at Johnny596. And you can follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. For Johnny, this is Steve. We will talk to you guys next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me? control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.